0: I've been thinking a lot about what I was going to share and stuff, and you have to forgive me because it it's just, it's been, the Lord's kind of been building stuff on me. So I, I know we don't label the, the communion sermons, but the, 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 the word, the title, Fleeting Moments with Christ, is, has been going through my head. And it's easy to hear words like that and think, you know, you see si- signs like that and you think, oh, that's a good thing. But I think that that's really a shame if that's all we've got is Fleeting Moments with Christ because then our life isn't being what God wants it to be. So we're going to be a little interactive this morning, so feel free to pipe in, guys. Um, Like I said, I've been thinking a lot about that, and it's easy to get bombarded with modern Christianity. and, And don't get me wrong, I think that everybody serves God in a different capacity, and if their heart's in the right place, and if they're doing what God has them to be doing, then bless them. But I think a lot of times we get bombarded with mediocre Christianity, and we, we get away from what God really has for our life, and it's just easy to fall into because it sounds so good, it's like, and that's why, that's why they talk about things being saccharine, it's because a cookie tastes good because it's sweet, you know, you don't notice the flour in it, you don't notice the oats in it, you notice the sweet sugar things, and I think that a lot of times we forget that we're not looking for a saccharine God, we're looking for a God with, with substance and potential, and, you know, God's got those sweet, loving parts, but that shouldn't be all there is to it. And, you know, I was thinking about, you know, have you, have you done something for God today? Or, or what is your gift to God today? And things like that, I don't know how much that's really what God's looking for, is us to bring him something. And when Jesus died on the cross, that was his gift to us as, as mankind. And I was thinking about that, because who's the most perfect example of who we're supposed to be to God? Jesus, right? He came here not only to, to save us from sin, but to set, show us the example of what it is to lead a godly life, to be like Christ. That's what Christian means. And I couldn't find it anywhere, and, and maybe you guys can correct me, but is there anywhere in the Bible where, where God tells Jesus that he's going to die on the cross for the sins of man? Isaiah? It's in there? But it's, a, it's more of a prophecy type thing, right? So before, God, before Jesus came to earth, that was already in his will. Because we know when, when God talked to him throughout all the New Testament, there's no point of him saying anything like that. So from the day he was born till the day he died on the cross, that was, his, that was his, his mission in life, was to go on the cross. It wasn't something that suddenly God gave him this word of, this is now your purpose in life. And I think a lot of times we forget that our life is supposed to be to God. When, when, when he died on the cross, he bought us. It says we were bought with a price. Our life is no longer our own. So from the day that he bought us, we've got a life to Christ. Our life is supposed to be dedicated to God. Not these fleeting glimpses of a, of a good spiritual experience with God. Not, you know, what am I going to do for God today? But what is my life? Is, what is my direction? Is it finding my purpose in God and from every day of my life walking towards that? And... The reason I share about these things is because it, it convicts me in my place, because I'm, I'm a very ADD person. It's easy for me to think of things, and, <laughs> well, hold on, I'll, I'll get there. ADD, attention deficit, you know, it's the, what all the kids have, that they can't pay attention and stuff in school, <laughs> you, know? And, you know. And I think a lot of times we, we, we attribute, or the world attributes, just problems with our soul. And we try to say it's, it's a physical problem. You know, people, if, if, if they're emotionally imbalanced, you know, instead of saying you need to train your soul, we're saying, well, you're emotionally imbalanced, you know, so you need, you need to get that figured out. Or, you know, you're, oh, you have attention deficit, you need to get that figured out. No, it's just soul training. And a lot of times we just need to realize what our weaknesses it are and be able to train them. Where I was going with that was, I forgot. Um, <laughs> No, but a lot of times, you know, it's easy for me to want to serve God and wake up in the morning and say, all right, you know what, this, I'm going to read my Bible, I'm going to pray, I'm going to really, you know, impart the Word of God to my kids and do all this stuff. And something else flies by, and I, and I lose track of that. And I don't see that Jesus did that. I see that life came, and he made that a part of his walk with God. And I think that's where we really need to realize that's the difference between doing something for God or having a spiritual experience, is life's going to happen, and God put us on this earth, and he didn't take us away as soon as we get saved, because we still have a work to do here. And we've got to be able to do that work and still deal with life. Um, Let's look at um, Matthew 26. Because I think, when I think about the sacrifice of the cross and and, and what communion means, I've got to think that God, it was such an important and big, momentous thing for for that to happen. That I think God wanted more from us than just to give us, to let us go to heaven. You know, the, the idea is of... When God created us, he had a relationship with us, and and we partook with God, and we were intimate with him. And then sin entered in, and that that, that relationship was broken. And when when Christ came, it gave us that opportunity to have that relationship again. It's not just about, you know, remission of sins, but it's actually finding out what God wants for us in our life and in our heart, and and being able to walk that, and and having a relationship with with your Father again. Um, In verse 39 of 26... This is when Jesus was in, the, was in the garden and he was praying. And he, and, he, and he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. So he's asking God to take, take the, the, this cup from him. Basically, if there's another way, Lord, don't let me go to the cross. What did God answer him? Right. He didn't say yes. He didn't say no. But what did Jesus end up doing? He went to the cross. He knew what his calling was, despite what God had said to him at that point. And he didn't get mad. There's no more than that. He got up and he did what he had to do. I think a lot of times we petition God to take away our problems or to fix something. Or we just come to God with stuff that he's just not going to answer us about because he's already told us what we're supposed to be doing in our life. And until we deal with that stuff, why are we, he's not going to answer us. You know. And Jesus was able to hear that. And go on. And I think a lot of us are still praying and begging God when he's, he's already... His answer is, I'm not telling you until you do what I'm, what I'm supposed to do. And I think that's where, in my life at least, that's the conviction in my heart. Is because I wake up and the desire is there. You know, it says, Paul says, you know, though I want to do good, evil is always present. Sometimes the more I try to be a good Christian, the easier it is that I don't do anything. You know, it's, I, you know, it's like when I, I want to exercise and I want to get in shape. But the more I think about, okay, I'm going to do it. You know, of course, those are always the days I sleep in or someone's making a big delicious dessert, you know. And I think that we have to realize that life's going to happen. But if our goal is to serve Christ, it's not about this stuff being there. It's about what our dedication is. And if we just have those, doing, if we have a mentality of just doing something for God or chasing that spiritual experience, then we're always going to eat the cake. Then we're always going to sleep in because we haven't started our life to be to that thing, you know. If I'm running a marathon, it's a lot different than just wanting to get in shape. I'm not. There's. That's my life. From the from the moment I wake up, from the, to the moment I go to sleep, that's what I do. And that's what being a Christian means. I think It's not about just taking the blood of Christ and that sacrifice and saying, Well, now I can get to go to heaven. But it's taking that blood that He bought with us and saying, Lord, now that I have an intimate relationship with You, what is your, my calling? What What do You have for me to do? And walking that. Not just on Sundays, not just when I'm reading my Bible, not just when the days are good, but every single day of my life and walking in that, whether life comes, whether, whether things happen, and being able to say, this is God, what you have for me. service can come forward. Lord, we just come before you right now. We know the great sacrifice that the cross was to give your only son, to let him die, to have your back turned from him. Lord, to take on the sin, the thing that you hated most in this world, the thing that tore you from us in the first place, and to take that all for us, that we might once again be your children, that we might once again have a relationship with you. Lord, may your Holy Spirit be faithful to convict us of when we belittle that, when we walk away from you, when we think that this life of Christianity is is just a token or something that we can just tag on to our life. May your Holy Spirit be faithful to work in our life, to remind us of our great calling, of the great purpose you've placed in our life. And as we partake, Lord, may we be refilled and refreshed in you again. Amen. When they were eating, Jesus took the bread and blessed it, broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Let's remember him as we eat this. And then he took the cup and giving thanks, he gave it to them saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood, which is the new covenant, which is shed for you for their many remissions of sins. Amen.
1: I think the Lord's here. You know, I know the Lord's always here, and it really doesn't matter whether I feel it or not. But sometimes I feel it. I could be deceived, but I tend to trust my feelings, which means I am deceived. So maybe the Lord's not here. (laughs) But we do that a lot, don't we? I mean, we just naturally go with what feels like the right thing. And, you know, we feel like we're happy, and we feel a presence, you know, we feel like the Lord's moving. Um, you know, I guess that's okay for birthday parties and, you know, for work going right, but I don't know if that's really the right way to know the Lord. We have a more sure word of prophecy. And we have the infilling of the Holy Spirit. We have the purpose of God being fulfilled in His church today. And so today, boy, I didn't think I had anything to share. And then I got up this morning, realized it was Sunday, and God hadn't struck me dead yet. So I had to come to church, and as I'm preparing, you know, some things just kind of came to me, and uh, I, I believe I have a strange message for the next couple because I'm not going to get through any of this today. I thought, you know, I I've, I literally got lots of scriptures today, and I actually wanted to read them. So buckle up for an unsafe ride for the next 20, 30 years because I believe God's got a great work. So I got a strange message today. And hopefully it's going to get stranger. And I hope the flesh profits nothing. And it started out, well it didn't start out, <clears throat> but it started out. At, let's turn, to, I, I read a strange scripture this morning. It was on Don's desk. Let's turn to First Thessalonians. Thessalonians. wrong with Bethlen Icons <laughs> ADT I thought it was the alarm company <laughs> yeah yeah he was doing fine until he said that and I looked at him like what are you talking about I thought it was something good see that you're in verse 15 of the final chapter f- verse 5 see that, you're, see that none of you render evil for evil unto any man but rather that which is good both among yourselves and to all men And here comes a weird scripture rejoice evermore and if you read the rest of the Bible that doesn't make any sense has anybody been alive more than you know 20 years rejoice evermore my first question would be in the natural why what do I have to rejoice about well I want us to put that in, in, the, in our heart because God is saying something to us and His ways are so far past finding out that we'd have to trust in Him by faith. So remember, just put that, in, put that in your wallet and remember to rejoice evermore. So there's some good news. The Bible means good news. But what I'm going to be preaching to you is not going to sound like good news to your flesh. The, Jesus said, The words that I speak unto you, their spirit in their life. The flesh profits nothing. But as we started out, we're trained to go by Feelings. We're trained to to rely on ourselves. And Proverbs says, be not wise in your own understanding. Don't trust yourselves. And God wants to take us into a place, we all talk about, Adam talked about it, of being like Christ, who gave up everything. Now, when we think about giving up everything, I was very good at that before I got saved. I had nothing before I got saved. I gave up everything except for one big thing. I didn't give up. I was like the... No, it wasn't you. I, got, I gave you up after we got married. Yeah, I didn't give up myself. There was one thing. I was too rich. Jesus, what could I do to follow you? I mean, I thought I was trying to serve God, but I wasn't. Because in the Bible says when you didn't know God, you served other gods. I was serving the devil. Just like you. Just like all of us from time to time get in the place of our minds. But to follow him, he would ask me to do something that would be near and dear. Give up yourself. Wow. So, Lord, help us. So, as we're, as we're, as we're talking about this, I'm just trying to figure out where to start because we've got a lot of good stuff. I'm going to start from the, the middle. <laughs> as I was thinking about this, and again, as we're here in church and things like that, what is it that God is aiming for? There is a purpose in God that can get really cloudy. And there's really two mysteries at work in this world. And let us I'll, I'll read a lot of scripture. We'll lay, we'll lay some foundation. Second Thessalonians 2 Thessalonians 2.7. Not where I wanted to start, but we'll start there. Or well, we'll try to start there. And as we're starting there, I want to salute you. I don't know where I heard this saying, but I think it's a good saying for our church as we greet one another. To those... We that are about to die salute you. And we never take that aspect. But the Bible talks about that we're killed daily. We're counted as sheep for the slaughter. Jesus says, I send you like sheep into the midst of wolves. There's going to come a time that they're going to kill you thinking they do God a service. But most of the time, we're looking at something totally different. But as Adam shared at communion, the purpose of God, and this is the mind-boggling story, this is the strange story that God, while we were yet an enemy to Him, while we had nothing to do, we weren't searching for Him, while we yet spit in His face as we sang that song, when I see your face in glory, and I just had to break, I'm going to be looking at the face that I spit on that I rejected, that I hit. And in a minute, everything's going to be... Amen. Melted away. And we're going to stand with Him in glory. Then we're going to know Him face to face. Right now, we see through some stuff dimly. we got feelings and ideas and stuff. And all that, God has to tear down. That's what He's about. Jesus came to the place, do I go through with this? And it comes to a place, yes, Lord. Because there's a greater purpose. Well, how do you expect to rejoice? I need to know Him. There's nothing worth rejoicing in this world. We are to be strangers and pilgrims in this world. Abstain from flesh. Abstain from the things of this world. Abstain from your own ideas. God has called us. God has called you. We didn't seek Him. I really like the story of Noah. I don't know why. Maybe because he landed in my hometown. But Noah's just being Noah. And God called him. Now, I don't know how many other people God called. I began to think about this in in worship today. Because Isaiah responded to a call. God didn't call Isaiah. God said, whom shall I send? He looked down and said, there's there's no one interceding. There's no one doing this. Who Who shall I send? And out of the thousands, if not millions of people, Isaiah said, I'll go. Now, I don't know how many people God told that to, but one heard it. And his life from that point was totally changed. He no longer was Noah that did this and kind of had heard from God and does this. His call, when you say Noah, what do you think about? You think ark, saved the world. You don't think about... And I believe when God calls us, our life is supposed to be so radically consumed with Him. And we're going to see that in Paul. We're going to see that in the men of God and the women of God that are called. And so, God, Abraham, my name is Abram, God calls him and his life is changed. He responds to the call. But I wondered how many other people God told about the boat. Probably didn't hear it. Now, then as I was thinking about that, something else became really weird to me. And this is where we have a battle. How many people believe if you've heard God, you would obey him? Can I see? Her? Come on, be proud. Yeah, you're wrong. You're just wrong. Let's see. because well, if God told me I would do it. Well, God said, who shall I send? And only one responded. Again, I don't know how many people. The, the children of Israel are a great witness. Man, if I only had a sign from God, I sure would do it. Well, Jesus lets me know what kind of a person I am. It's the wicked generations that's looking for a sign and God gave the signs to the children of Israel by day there was, a cloud of, there was a pillar of smoke and by night a cloud of fire they had food every day their raiment didn't go out and you know what? that's not faith They couldn't rejoice even though everything in this world seemed to be going fine because we are not of this world. Our hope, our rejoicing needs to be in the call of Jesus Christ that when I was a sinner and I am a sinner and when He called me, I my eyes were opened and I've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of His dear Son. All my hope, all my joy, all my life must be here because if not, this world will wear you down and come against every purpose of God and the ark seems stupid and Sarah seems stupid David seems stupid, my dad seems stupid and the church seems stupid yes, they seem stupid to you because there's a way that seems right unto a man it is not God's way and God wants a bunch of strangers and pilgrims and abnormal people this gospel is not normal that's why people don't come and flock to get saved is one of the greatest stories that God so loved the world that He forgives you. No, I don't believe that. What? Because it's not of this world. And we are not of this world. Our affections need to be someplace else. My life needs to be someplace else. My joy needs to be someplace else. And I need to continually stir that up in my mind. So we that are about to die, salute you. And as I was thinking about that, Talks about in, in Hebrews thirteen. We're, I don't know why we turned to Thessalonians. We're surrounded. Verse thirteen, chapter thirteen of Hebrews, verse one. We're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Therefore, run the race with patience. Now, when I read that in Turkish, the word race and um, contest is the same. I looked it up in the in the concordance too, and that's basically what It, it means not just to race it's a contest it's an effort it's a fight it's contend it's effort it's suffering and where we live we have these two kingdoms so there's a great cloud of witnesses and I always when I hear that I kind of fig- I don't know how the girls relate to this but I think the gospel now you're just going to have to hear me and don't get weird and don't condemn me is a masculine gospel did you feel did you feel the? well who's God is he our mother Is he your Aunt Matilda? Is he the maid? No. He's our father. Now, does it mean he doesn't like women? He loves women. Okay? But as a masculine message. Okay, good. I know. I know it's hard. See, we are affected by the world we live in. See, that's what I'm saying. There's two mysteries that are at work right now. We got back to Thessalonians. didn't think I was going to pull it off. Okay, Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter two, verse seven. For the mystery of iniquity does already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. There's a mystery of iniquity, lawlessness, sin of antichrist of this world system. At that time, it was already at work. But we really know it started at the fall of man and already at work. And in another place it says, if. if our salvation is closer now talking about the second coming of Jesus Christ is closer now than when we first believed but there is a mystery of iniquity at work lawlessness is increasing and we see that and the Holy, it's saying the Holy Spirit has restrained that and restrained that until slowly by slowly he's moving out of the way and I don't know about the end times totally and I don't know about rapture and when he's going to come knowing my experience of walking with the Lord he's coming after the tribulation that's just my own personal opinion I hope I I actually have two hopes I'd really like to see the tribulation maybe you can like from 100 feet up or something I'd like to see those things I'd like to see the second coming of Jesus I'd like to see what's happening on the other hand it's tremendously scary to see what the the, the roaring lion going about seeking whom he can devour and people falling so we have this the system or this mystery that's at work see it's a mystery And we see it now happening very clearly in American politics. Things are totally getting more and more uncovered. As long as we don't say it's evil, it's not evil. See, it's not abortion. It's not murder. It's not genocide. It's not uh, concentration camps. It's a woman's choice. Now, don't get down on them. You have your own choices, too. They could be just as wicked. Jesus maybe didn't want to go to the cross. Judas just wanted 30 pieces of silver I just didn't want to oh well there, there where does James say Says where does fighting and war and things come from where does a lack of joy come from doesn't it come from your own lusts yes. uh, because we forgot that we're not of this kingdom we've been chosen we've been called to build a boat so today we're preparing we want to be the, uh, the, the, the gladiator school We want to prepare our children. I talked about this. Why do I want to prepare my children on how to die well? See? Now we'll get back to Noah a little bit. And hopefully it'll all tie together. So Noah heard the call of God. What What does the Bible call Noah while he was building the ark? Does anybody remember? Is there any Christians here? Anybody read your Bible? He was a blank of righteousness. thank you wow nobody gets to go ahead he was a preacher of righteousness for 120 years now so we have the mystery of iniquity but there is yet another mystery at work which we've talked about and we'll talk about more the mystery of the kingdom Jesus says it's, I'm going to tell you about the mystery of the kingdom the kingdom is hidden it's like a treasure hidden in a field it's like uh, maya yeast hidden in in the dough it's Like these things. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And we go, oh, get serious. God would never do this. Who said that? Who said God would never do this? Yeah. Who told you to think like that? Who told you you were naked? Who told you that God wouldn't send his son? Who told you that you weren't a sinner? Who told you? Who told you not to rejoice? I just don't... Exactly. You leaned on your own understanding. Anything that is not of faith is sin and will rob us of our joy and our relationship with Jesus. So God is going to... We'll keep the mystery of iniquity here. It's already at work. And like I said, that affects us. The, The world that Lot lived in affected him according to the Bible it says though Lot was a righteous man the conversation and the press of the society and the system wore him down to ultimately he committed incest with his own daughters my God is the man saved? yes he was a righteous man but he was pressed, he refused to hear the call he lived his own life oh well there's nothing wrong with that it's from hell I tell you hallelujah So, God now is going to preach to the dying world for 120 years. Because they didn't hear the first call. God spoke, and only eight people responded to the first call. And for 120 years, these people's lives were changed. I mean, could you imagine having to build that thing for 120 years, working with your family? You want to talk about faith. You're going to doubt if you heard from God. Did you hear God? It's the only question that ever needs to be asked. If it's yes, then come hell or high water or fires or flood or persecution or boredom, or then God, I will do this. Now, I don't understand it. I might not like but I want to know you because it's you. I'm looking for that day that someday I'll see your face in glory, and it's all going to be worth it. Hallelujah. So they're preaching for 120 years which one is more of God God saying Noah build the ark or um, we're building this ark because it's going to rain and flood and everybody's going to die which one is more God This this is Adam said it, this is interaction time no, it's through the foolishness of preaching that God has chosen to save those that are lost it's through the what? The foolishness of preaching. We have a foolish message, and I believe instead of making it more palatable, it needs to become more foolish. I think years ago I heard this message that the thought came to my mind. It was, it was the message of preaching the uncomfortable gospel. I think we have not. We have wanted to change it towards a comfortable gospel. There is one reason I serve God, because He called me. He, I didn't choose Him. He doesn't make my life any better. He's not going to be doing this. I'm not going to prosper. Whether all those things happen or not, Paul says, I'm not interested in those. My eyes have been opened to a great purpose. And there is a living God. There's only one true God. And His way is true. And no matter what I see or feel or what comes against me, I'm serving Jesus. That needs to be settled in my mind. Because all hell is going to come against you. All wars are going to come. Jesus said there's going to be those that build the house the floods come the winds come the rain and they, what they beat upon that house we're going to talk about why you have so much trouble in church because the devil wants you to give up well I never had this much trouble until I got saved that's right that's right and now let me let's just turn to that hallelujah I want to start preaching the uncomfortable gospel I think we need to start preaching amongst ourselves. I think we need to start preaching by faith. I mean I'd like to see you have a nice life. No, I wouldn't. I'd like to see us preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'd like to see us fulfill God's purpose. I'd like to see us be raising up some gladiators. Say, I got this one in Turkey. I got this one building my house. You know, I got that, and uh, you know, I didn't even want to look at it. Yeah, we're getting some scars. And uh, one of the thoughts was, you know, I'm too old to be doing this kind of stuff to my body anymore. You know, I have, I have scars all over. I like to show the grandkids, and sometimes it's encouraging. You know, they break their heads, and I say, "That's nothing. I got two holes in my head." And literally, I mean, you know, they have blood and everything. But now I got, I got another one. I can hear you. Paul talks about I'd bear in my body the mark it wasn't something he was ashamed of. oh man we just, our church we really just go all through. It. I don't understand shut up have you been called yes. then get up and set your face like a flint and go to the cross and let that work in you and start rejoicing about that now I'm not preaching as one who's attained as a matter of fact I'm preaching as one who hasn't attained I mean I read that scripture rejoice evermore I don't want to do that I don't even want that in the Bible because it makes me look like an idiot. How many people have seen me never re- not rejoice? It's not a pretty sign. I'm an expert at it. I like having my way. That still hasn't been broken in me. I don't care if it's the Lord dragging me. I don't want my head in the yoke. I want to do what I want to do. I really could care less if the whole world drowns. The whole world drowns. Well, that's not the Lord's heart. And He's conforming us refiner's fire. Remember we talked about that. That's not a natural occurring event. You don't find refiner's fire in nature. It's something that is done for a specific purpose for gold. And all these things that are working in our life are only for this age and they're going to be done away with. But God wants to, wants those things done. Hallelujah. Are we turn to the book of Acts. I want to talk about this uncomfortable gospel of how do we preach the gospel. Sometimes we're a little embarrassed to preach the gospel because we really don't have any good news. I mean, I used to have a lot of good news. For us. Ah, I do whatever I want. I don't have to work. I eat. I do this. I don't have any responsibility. Go here, go there. I've seen the world do everything. Well, I was, I was a son of the devil. I was in bondage. I was in darkness. I was so totally deceived. I didn't know there was a God. My eyes were blinded. Paul was a lot the same, Saul. He thought he was doing a great work. And he was, he was preaching his gospel. Did you ever preach your gospel? Yeah, it's easy to preach in your own name. And that's, that's one of the deals. Paul's out persecuting the church. He's being a righteous man. He's got, and later on, he actually talks about that as garbage, not as something good. He says, "Those things which I once I thought were righteousness unto me, I count as manure." I might know him. There is one thing that we have been called to, one purpose in God Almighty, and that is that we know him and his life will be fulfilled in us. And in this world, because of the two mysteries, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness, there is a war, and we that are about to die have entered into that arena. Right. And I want to see, and then my wife, we know as Adam was sharing today, not that he's perfect in any way, shape, or form. None of this I'm saying for anybody. I'm saying because Jesus has called you. There's only one reason you're here today. Jesus called you. There's only one reason you're building the ark. Jesus called you. Not, well. I'm talking about Adam because he's my son. Sometimes I'm embarrassed. (laughs) I'm talking about Jesus, hallelujah. You ever notice a wall out front of his house? I got three quarters of it done in about a month. It's been two years. (laughs) But Adam said something. What was it? We'll get back to it. Yeah. But let's turn to the book of Acts. We'll get back to it. It'll come to me. ADT, it's hereditary. What? Yeah, I know. I know. There was something good in there. Say what? Yeah. You said something? Oh, yeah. Oh. And somebody says, you don't need the church. Maybe you're just not needy enough. If your vision's too small, you don't need anybody. If you're self-contained, you're you're not serving God. God is going to bring us to a place where you're needy. Paul, this man that was self-reliant. I'm going to get back to you. Keep that thought. He's doing a great work. He's blind. Why does God do these things? Because He's God and His ways are true. He's not going he's not going to talk to you all the time. He has talked to you and he is talking to you, just not the way you like it. No, ah, dumb people have building it. Ah, It's been 50 years. Our kids are that stupid idiot. That went on. They didn't hear God. They could' have heard God. You could hear God when the gospel is being preached. You could be hearing God this morning. But if you're waiting to hear God in a way that you tick, you may miss. So Paul, this self-reliant man, this great orator of the Old Testament, this great teacher, is strict blind. And God says to him, now God is Jehovah Jireh. No, Jehovah Rapha? Yeah, he's our healer, Amen." amen? Well, he was out to lunch on that day. He said, Paul, I don't know how far it was to Damascus at that time. I want you to go to Damascus. A blind man, how cruel. I want you to go to Damascus and wait there. I'll send somebody for you to heal you. And so he goes embarrassed, broken, confused. What happened to me? And so as an obedient servant, Ananias, I think it was, God speaks to Ananias, Ananias, I have chosen a vessel. Saul of Tarshish is waiting for you to heal him. I'm not going. I, I know. I <laughs> He's talking to God. I know that guy. <laughs> He's like You don't know who he is. That like God's trying to trick him. I know Saul him He's going to kill me when I get there. I am not going. It's okay, go. He puts, he puts everybody through it. And so Paul is there to one that he would have persecuted and cut their head off just days before. What do I need to do to be saved? His life was changed because he heard the eternal call of God. Now, what was that message? Not you're going to have a happy life. Not even so much that Jesus is here to forgive you and everything will be well. But God spoke. And He heard the purpose of God. Where is that? Acts chapter 9, I believe. And I believe we need to speak to one another words that have the flesh has no prophet. You will not understand them. They will not make sense. As a matter of fact, you'll know, you're going to be pretty sure you're hearing God when the thing that's being asked is repugnant to you. When you think, I just don't see that. I think that's ridiculous. I don't know why this is happening. Behind door number three could be God. And it's, it's our last choice. It's always a devil or it's a church or it's most likely God who wants to meet you in the way because through the through our death life's going to come forth through this old man this Victor Bedoyan this fleshly man with all his stuff as he hears the eternal call of God there's another mystery that begins to work it's Christ in you not Christ in some you know hokey dokey it's Christ in you Paul it's Christ in you Noah well not totally at that time they didn't but I'm not going to get into that It's Christ in you, Peter. It's Christ in James. It's Christ in the Corinthian church. And if we don't see the call of God, we might be disillusioned by the Corinthian church. You guys are getting drunk at the communion. I mean, how reprobate can you get? And he rebuked them as a father. But he says, I also know there's another mystery that's at work. That's the mystery I live for because my eyes have been open, And no matter what fire comes, no matter what army comes, no matter what feeling comes, no matter what condemnation comes, no matter if there's a, there's a demon of, from hell given the puff at me in the flesh, I've met. God, hallelujah! Amen. That's what we're preaching. Not that well, we have a better message than the world. I have, no, I have the best message, but I don't have a better message than the world. You want to learn how to go get rich? Don't listen to me. they got all these wonderful seminars. You know, I'm listening to some people. They charge thousands of dollars for all these things that go around out here. I'm listening to them. I said, we do that, but we get called a cult. We don't charge enough. We don't charge enough to get people off drugs. We don't charge enough to learn how to have moral life. We don't charge enough how to raise your children. We're a cult because we've heard the eternal voice of God. That's why they were called people of the way. Another way of saying they were cult, man, that's a weird way to do it. Do you see the way they do stuff like that over there? Talking about this guy who's raised from the dead. They're nuts over there. They love one another and they eat together and they pray together. Now preaching about this Jesus, we don't even understand that. You're not supposed to understand the gospel. Here's the message. Verse 4. When did this happen let 's start in verse one, Paul yet breathing out threatenings and slaughtering against the disciples of the Lord. That would be me. Yeah, have you ever met the Lord in one of your embarrassing moments? While you were still breathing out threatenings the lord 's got another plan you weren 't in control. you thought you were you thought you were it 's not funny i, I 've got to say this humorously because it 's Sunday. But on Monday morning it's not funny I have this great, I have to run the race I have to, those that we that are about to die, I've got to salute you, I've got to go in there and what, uh, this is what my wife said okay, she she leaned over while Adam was sharing, we know all about Adam's faults, and she said no greater joy do I have than to know my children are walking in the truth and she started to cry I said shut up woman this is gladiator school yeah. And that's what we're here about. We're here to raise up gladiators to teach them how to die. And when they come into school, I don't want to... I'm not talking school school. This is the school. We, wanna, we don't want the mystery of Sodom and Gomorrah to change our thinking. I don't want tolerance to change my thinking. I don't want to be, oh, we're too sensitive change my thinking i don't want bad good and good bad changing my thinking now when we're out in babylon when we're in the world our speech we need to wise as serpents harmless as doves and we conduct business we need to do what we need still need to be shining lights of testimony learning how to be diligent workers learning how to serve learning how not to speak evil learning how to rejoice but in the church my speech ought to be things that shake you to the core As a matter of fact, I am here not not to offend you. I am here to offend you. Jesus says, does this offend you? Then I did my job. You're getting shaken to where you cannot rely on yourself. You rely that I am God alone because I am that I am. Not because, well, He blessed me and I'm happy and I got this and I got this and I got that and I got this. That fades call that Paul received, the call that Noah received, the call that you have is an eternal call. It cannot be questioned. Oh, you, you question it. God never questions it, and He's moving through you. It doesn't look like it. It's not supposed to look like it! Sorry for the dance. <laughs> well we're, we're still in ourselves threatening out, you know, doing some stuff, threatenings and slaughterings and they were on their road to Damascus and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying Saul, Saul why persecute you me? and he said Lord who are you? and Jesus said I am Jesus, I am Jesus who you persecute it is hard to kick against the pricks rise and go into the city that I show you basically that's the message he doesn't have to be convinced of the gospel Oh, how can I convince people? I can't. I'm not convinced. He convinced He was convinced. And before my... Paul, David says, before my, my, all my, subst- my unformed substances were brought together, God knew me. Paul talks about he was chosen before the foundations of the earth. And many times we get these weird questions. God has called you and God has chosen you. God had chosen sham, ham, and Jephthah to be Noah's sons. They didn't choose that. They were chosen before the foundation of the earth without even being considered to have the call that Noah had. They had nothing to do with it. And sometimes, well, I was just... How many people here have been born into the church? I know you're not really. How many people here never were like, you know, lived on the streets, ran away? You kind of just... Maybe you were the pastor's kid. Didn't learn how to build a fence. Maybe you just were, you know, somebody else's. I mean, I don't see any hands. I know. I mean, we got Micah, we got Caleb, we got Hannah, we got all the children. And the devil's going to come to you and say, "You didn't choose to be here. The only reason you're serving God because you were born in the church." That's right. You were born in Gladiator School. Some of us had to be taken as slaves. But it was the same God that called you and born you where He wanted
0: to be born.
1: Nobody's got anything on there on ADT. Sham, Ham, and Jephthah were chosen by God before the foundation of the earth. Noah's children. Joseph was chosen had nothing to do with it. God has called you well it doesn't make sense here's what makes sense Paul I am God almighty serve me Amen. now this man was so nuts you know what he did he did that I mean what, what a ridiculous thing to do after you got his sight he said boy that was whew. I know what I was drinking then that was pretty strange now I'm, I, I come to myself you know I, I'll be a better Jew or something Years later, do you know all that Paul has to say? He has one thing to say, he's preaching the uncomfortable gospel. Not well, you know, and they knew them. they knew Paul. they knew he was of the Sanhedrin. Was he of the Sanhedrin? Yeah. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. They this man had a great life. He was a respected man. He could have started the universities and colleges, and he stands now before kings and before the whole Roman Empire as a vagabond. As a stranger, as a nut. And they look at him and said, Paul, we knew who you were. What are you doing? Could you be. Don said this a few days, a few weeks ago, and it it bothered me. But it wasn't what Don said. His mother asked him, Do you regret any of the things, any of the choices you made? And that just stuck with me. And there's a first response. You know, I used to think, you know, if I could go back and make better choices, I'd do that. I can't. I mean, not I can't go back. I'd make the same stupid choices because I'm me. And second off, it wasn't me. God ordered my steps. And God directed my steps. And third off, that's vain imaginations. Oh, you know what? If I was only, you know, and I, how come I wasn't born like Nancy? I have to stay here with my dad building this stupid ark. You weren't born that way because God called you. Do you know why you're in this stupid church? Because God called you. Do you know why you have to believe this stupid doctrine? Because God called you. Do you know why you need to preach the gospel, Paul? Because I asked you to do that. Amen. And Years later, his back is laid open from time to time. He's chased by Jews and Romans alike. His life has gone from someone of great respect and great honor to... Russ, uh, a band group that the Roman Empire is trying to squash and the king says Paul you've gone mad well he has an uncomfortable uncompromising gospel to preach not well you know I'm real happy and uh, I want to tell you how Jesus has made my life wonderful I heard God and he that's all he repeats he said I heard this and God said serve me if you don't believe me turn to Acts 26 But see, if you don't believe me... See, Jesus said, we're going to get back to this thing. Sometimes we're waiting to hear God and He's already speaking to you. It's a common, it's a common mistake that we make. Remember the story of Lazarus and the rich man? How many of you... Okay, this is a Bible question. How many of you are reading your Bible? Hut, hut. We've got Lazarus and the rich man. Know the story? Lazarus dies, rich man dies. What does the rich man say to Father Abraham. Please send me back so I can warn my family of the hell that is coming that they would turn. Do you know what God's answer is? Not your. Well, sure, go ahead. Because God wants everybody to be saved and he'll do everything. No, he won't. He's got a purpose you know nothing about. All he's asking from you is to hear the eternal voice and do what he says. Your ideas, your, um, your concepts, your feelings are from, at the very best, are hellish. And God has no intention of counseling with you for your opinion. I'm sorry to let you know. Well, if I... The Bible says, come, let's counsel together. And God says, this is my counsel, that's it. I don't need to hear from you. But he tells the Job, Job, if I was hungry, if I was hungry, would I ask you, I have the golden cattle on a thousand, if you are... But it's the love of God. But because a system has been corrupted, the mystery of iniquity began to work from Adam and now is growing more and more. It affects us. And we think, oh, well, we need to have a tolerant gospel, and we need to be this, and I need to, be, you know. No, we need to be the hard-working, diligent people that are living in peace, preaching the uncomfortable gospel, glorifying Jesus Christ in every possible, and amongst ourselves have that call, understand that God has called me, and I'm here, and I'm in the gladiator field, and I'm learning how to fight. Yeah. Yes. And every time I get hit, it's going to hurt. But, you know, there's nothing worse, I don't know if anybody's ever seen, had this experience, and, and you know we, we, we waste so much money and I'm not, I'm not against college not particularly for it but I'm not against it but they, we spend so much time and money on things trying to learn that the Yech Pied the five brothers could teach him. I learned things that PhDs haven't learned when I was five years old because someone got the message I understand that real clear but now, because of that, you realize how stupid people have become? People don't even know not to cross the street when cars are coming. They actually have to stop the cars so, oh, now I can cross the street. Now, I know that you can, you can find all kinds of good in it, but wear what it does to your mentality. It's good, according to God, for the children to bear the yoke in their youth. It's good to discipline children. It's good to teach them their way. It's good to learn how to fight. And when, you, when I was a kid, if you ever got to a guy that had scars on his face and hands, it was scary. <laughs> so we kind of looked, you know, telling we paint them on know. It wasn't quite the same. <laughs> we should be glorying. Yeah, I got this one at Sunday school. Yeah, this one I got when I didn't clean my room. This one right here, boy, that one almost took me out. This is when I... Not a shame. I can't do anything right. Of course you can't do anything right. You're a sinner. That's why Jesus came. He didn't come to make you better. He came that you might die and have life in Him. Hallelujah. That's the uncomfortable gospel that we're so afraid to preach. Yes, I'm sorry when things go wrong in your life. I'm even sorry when they go wrong in my life. I hate that. Like I said, I had attained to a level where that was it. And then God said, Paul, Victor, I want to show you something. What is it, Lord? If I'm this good now, I'm going to show you what great things you're going to suffer for my namesake." What kind of a gospel message is that? It's the message of God. And it's only those that he calls that will hear it. And if you preach that message, you try to warn well, I'll tell you, come to, you know what's really the worst thing you can possibly do? Come to our church. It's a great church.
0: <laughs>
1: I mean, who, who, I mean, you know, we might do that, to, you know, the, the two-year-old's. But after a while, I mean, you know, they're going to see you. And unless God called them, you're not going to keep them. God's called me to build a boat. Why? That's what He called me to do. Do you hear it? Yes, let's build a boat. God's called me. Hallelujah. Why? Because I'm going to show you what great uh, you sh- that, that contest will be in you. And there's going to be a great cloud of witnesses that says, Ah, he got one just like me. Oh, hallelujah. That's a glorious thing. To suffer for righteousness. Another scripture I don't like: suffer for righteousness, according to Peter, is of great glory to God. What we're talking about today is hearing God's call and responding to that, no matter how ridiculous. And the more I believe, it's going to be more ridiculous. And we can be like Paul, that says, "Paul, why? What? What are you doing? You are becoming a nut." I heard the eternal voice of God. What are you doing here in this church? What are you doing here in Wickenburg? What are you doing in Vaughan What are you doing just going to school? building the ark yeah. well I didn't choose it hallelujah how wonderful that should be a, it should be more a, to prove that you've heard God you didn't choose it yeah. that's exactly you didn't choose me I chose you. David didn't choose to fight Goliath he was sent there as a little messenger boy to bring supplies to his brother. he wanted to go be in the battle. Just was there walking with God. We need to hear the voice of God, and he's preaching to us every day. Many times we don't hear it because we're saying, well, if you send someone back from the dead, and what did the the Bible say? If they don't hear Moses and the prophets, if they don't hear Noah for 120 years, they will not hear me saying, who shall I send? If you're still waiting to hear God, whether you're, you're called of God, you've already heard it. You're wrestling with it is what you're doing. Amen. And when you hear me every Sunday, you, now you can take this and you can say, he's a weirdo, he's a cult. You heard God. That's up for you to decide though. See, that's up for you to decide. But if you're not hearing God here, you're worse off than I am. You're wasting your time. There's a reason why God has called you here. There's a reason why Ham, Jeff. Ham, Pham, and Jephthah were there. God had called them. There's a reason why Peter, James, and John, they were called. They weren't better. They weren't worse. They were called to a work. And God now is preaching to you saying, come and follow me I have a great eternal work I'll show you what great things you'll suffer for my namesake because I am that I am there's the, I'm the only true God do you believe that then let's get on about the business of building his kingdom this mystery that's at work we have the mystery of iniquity that's growing and growing and it's affecting the church to where we're just into different things or there's the mystery of Christ in you the hope of glory says I want to build your kingdom and that great kingdom is built upon the pillars of the church and this in closing have you ever noticed you have more trouble in church than almost anywhere else? You have more trouble with the brethren because it's God's purpose. And we're going to look at that. That's why the storms come. Bah, 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 bah. Well, you know, and as soon as you leave church, hey, that's wonderful. Great. You know, I don't need to put up with these people. I don't need to put up. with. I, ha, I don't want to do it anymore. I am sick of always. How many people are just sick of always being wrong? Well, there's still one more thing. You can't be sick of being wrong. You haven't quite got there. I'm tired of nobody ever listening to me. Great sign out front. Keep your temper. Keep your opinions. (laughs) There's a place for talk and counsel. But there's a greater place to hear God. And you may hear him by some three, four people building an ark. You might hear him some some weirdo going around preaching the gospel. You might hear him in church. You might hear him, and he's going to come in a mystery that you don't understand, and it's going to be totally contrary to everything. I hope when you hear the word of God, it is your soul is screaming. So I got a strange message. Your flesh is not profiting anything. I got ten ways on how to prosper, and I, you know it's a very funny thing. And this is just I'm in closing. And I got that from Paul. Paul had ADT too. (laughs) said. He says in in Philippians, he says, Finally, my brethren, goes on for a chapter and a half, maybe two. Then he says, Finally, my brethren. And we're not buying it. Finally, my brethren, we're called of the Lord. And I believe our words need to be of faith and power and the flesh profit nothing. Beware of how we speak. Let's respond to the call. Our life needs to be evolved, revolving around and integrated in to the call of God. If not, pretty soon the ark takes second place because I've got more important things to do. You know, to, to get through in this life, you don't need God. There's plenty of people that go to work every day. I mean, not, I mean they need God, but you're not in the sense that we have a relationship with Him. You can get on Fine but it's the ones who sacrifice and suffer and come to gladiator school and learn that they're, you know what, this is a good thing. It's not a bad thing to suffer. It's not a bad thing to have discipline. It's not a bad thing not to have your way. And the, the final scripture is, rejoice evermore. Oh, how would I possibly do that after this message? Well, you'd have to, you'd have to hear the call of God. Because if not, it's going to be bad news. Amen? Amen? So we've got another 20 years of you know, hopefully some good stuff ahead. But I believe now I need to hear, have I heard God? Yeah. End of conversation. Then I need to be doing what He says. Yeah. How have you heard God? If you don't hear the prophets and Moses, you're not going to hear the Holy Spirit. If you didn't hear the call of God to Noah, you're not going to hear Noah when he's building the ark. If you're not going to hear me, you're not going to hear Peter preaching the gospel. If, you're not, if, you, haven't, if you haven't decided that God has called you, you're missing out every week when you come here. Because yeah. you're taking the word that's being spoken to you, and, and you missed the call. Get to the call. Amen. Amen. Amen? Hallelujah. All right. Bless the Lord. We have a great...
0: I'm going to say it anyway.
1: Easter lunch. I've never said that before. I'm feeling good right after right after right after church. Amen. Amen.